Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. Continuing our focus on the Loire Valley, this episode looks at the white wines and the sweet wines of the Loire, drawing on the different grape varieties which the previous episode looked at, and the different styles of wine uh, produced in the Loire, and the different regions of the Loire, uh, diving deeper down into them, the styles of wine they produce, uh, the climates, and how they vary from one another, because there's a lot of variety within the Loire Valley, not just in the different grape varieties, but in all the different regions, stretching along the Long River from Atlantic France into Central France. And let's start by looking at Central Loire, and particularly the famous appellations of Sancerre and Puy Fumé, which are based around Sauvignon Blanc, but also their neighbours, which are less famous, but produce good quality wine, and which are of good value as well. These being Cancy, Roy, and Menetou Salon. So Sancerre and Puy Fumé are the two most famous appellations, and really associated with probably the most classical style of Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, they're right next to each other on either side of the River Loire, Puy Fumé being on the eastern side and Sancerre on the western side. Puy Fumé is a bit flatter and lower down than Sancerre, although the best wines do come from north of the village. So the village itself is called Puy sur Loire, whereas the appellation is Puy Fumé, and that covers some other villages as well. To the, to the north of the village, uh, the, the, the line is a bit higher up, there are more slopes, and this is where the most concentrated and highest quality wines often come from. The soil in Puy Fumé is limestone and flint, and many observers have a strong association between the soils of Puy Fumé and the style and the nature of the wine. And what influence the soil has on the flavour of a wine is open to debate, but the flinty soils of Puy Fumé are certainly strongly associated with the gunflint, smoky aromas of Puy Fumé in the wine. And besides those uh, really intense, perfumed, flinty aromas, Puy Fumé is quite dense and and deep, and is considered to be more ageable than Sancerre. But Sancerre is more varied in its uh, terroir. It's also a lot larger. There's over 7,000 hectares of plantings in Sancerre now, compared to just over 1,000 in Puy Fumé, so significantly bigger, and that has um, increased a lot in the last 50 years. Up until the 1960s, Sancerre was primarily made from Pinot Noir, and there still is the red, pin- uh, the red Sancerre made today, and from a white grape called Chasselas which is still planted a little bit in the Loire Valley, though not so much. In Puy Fumé, if the wine isn't made from Sauvignon Blanc and is made from Chasselas, then it will be called uh, Puy sur Loire, so named after the main village. So there is the option to produce a different style of wine that's quite rare to find. But Sancerre, white Sancerre, is always going to be Sauvignon Blanc. And that is a development which uh, came about in the 1960s, when producers decided to make a youthful, pungent, aromatic style of wine from Sauvignon Blanc and sell it as a a wine to be drunk immediately. It's almost like a Nouveau style, like Beaujolais Nouveau, which also became commercially available in the 1960s. And these wines were so popular in Paris and so fashionable that they became what Sancerre is today, led to this style of wine and the increased plantings in Sancerre. So quite different from what it was 50 years ago, even though we associate it with this really classical, characteristic style of Sauvignon Blanc. So Sancerre um, is ideal uh, for winemaking, with slopes rising up to 400 metres, so between two and 400 metres, all with good drainage. And the drainage is important because it contains the vigour of Sauvignon Blanc, which uh, we mentioned in the previous episode needs to be controlled. And Sancerre, because of its size, has three distinct areas. 
So to the west, the soils are clay, limestone and chimerigium, and these produce the more powerful styles of Sancerre, particularly around the village of Chavignon. Then in the middle, there are gravel and limestone soils, and these are more delicate, the styles of wine. Then right next to Puy Fume, across the river, the soils are more flinty, so similar to Puy Fume, and they produce similar styles of wine, perfumed and more ageable. So the style of Sancerre does depend on where the producer is sourcing their grapes from, and whether it's one from, from one particular part of the appellation or a blend of the different parts, but certainly different styles of Sauvignon Blanc can be produced in Sancerre, and it can be difficult to distinguish between Sancerre and Puy Fume, especially if the wine is coming uh, from the eastern side of the village across the river from Puy Fume. These wines are generally um, relatively expensive for Sauvignon Blanc, between 20 and 30 US dollars. There's rarely any oak, and certainly rare, very rarely to see new oak in, in Sancerre or Puy Fume. It's all about the aromatics of the grape variety and the high acidity and that um, grainy, flinty structure to the wines. Good value alternatives to Sancerre and Puy Fume are Cancy, Roy and Mentu Salon. So Mentu Salon is right next to Sancerre, just to the west of it, and it has limestone soils, but it is um, flatter than Sancerre with less favourable positions. However, the wines here can be good, especially around the village of Morogue. And these will be similar in style to the aromatics of Sancerre, so it can be a good value alternative because they can be nearly half the price. There's also Cancy, which has sand and gravel soils, and Roy, which is on the bend of the River Loire, really getting into central central France here. And again, these will produce very similar styles, so maybe lacking the depth and concentration of Sancerre or Puy Fume, but certainly very good value alternatives, and quite popular because of that. Also getting further south, away from Sauvignon Blanc territory, there's an old appellation called Saint-Poussin, which is right in the centre of France. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc is planted there, but also some Chardonnay as well, as well as a grape called Sassy, which is locally called Tresalier. And it is a grape uh, found in Burgundy, in the Yonne, so around Chablis, though pretty obscure. It's a white grape. It was historically used for Cremon de Bourgogne. Uh, but these wines of Saint-Poussin, if you can find them, are quite pretty and perfumed and elegant, but also quite rare. So moving away from the central appellations of the Loire Valley into Terrain, so to the west of Sancerre. And Terrain is uh, quite a large region, there's over 5,000 hectares of plantings. It's called the Garden of France, it is particularly beautiful, and of course it is famous for its chateau, beautiful castles built for Parisians to holiday in, in the Loire, and are quite extravagant at times. And th those chateaux are often made out of tufo, which is the local stone. And the quarrying for the tufo um, naturally created cellars for um, appellations or for winemakers in this part of the Loire Valley, naturally cool and um, not having to be created artificially, they were already there. So the, that soil is very important for the aging of the wines, as well as for the um, development of the vines. So in terrain, there are whites made from Chenin Blanc, Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay, though Chardonnay can only be 20% maximum of the wine. And Sauvignon Blanc de Terrain is a particularly good value alternative. So I've already mentioned um, Cancy and Roy and Menetou Salon as good value alternatives to Sancerre and Puy Fume, but Sauvignon Blanc de Terrain even more so. These wines can be extremely inexpensive, but also very good quality and similar in style uh, to the Loire Sauvignon Blanc that one would ex expect. And you may also see uh, villages appended to the name of terrain, such as Amboise, Azé-le-Rideau, and Chenonceau, 
all of those are famous for their chateau and these can produce a bit more regionally specific wines from terrain but from the same grape varieties the most famous appellation in terrain is Vouvray of which there are 2,000 hectares of plantings and all Chenin Blanc. If you see Vouvray on the label, then it is Chenin Blanc. And this is just on the north side of the Loire. Across the river is Mont Louis de Loire, which produces similar styles of wine from Chenin Blanc, uh, but at a often at a fraction of the price. So one theme of the Loire is that there are some very good value appellations, which are alternatives to more famous and more expensive appellations. And Vouvray is right at the point where the Atlantic influence and the continental influence meet each other. So the climate is a perfect combination of um, the Loire's two extremes. And Vouvray has a very late harvest going all the way into November, one of the latest in France, which does make it um, difficult because this is a cool climate. So that long growing period does provide quite a bit of challenges. And this is one of the reasons why there are different styles of wine made in Vouvray, all depending on when the grapes were harvested and also the quality of the vintage, what the weather was like that year. These days, because of um, better vineyard management, better canopy management, there are more dry wines made than there used to be. So Vouvray is famous for its demi-sec style, which is generally um, a slightly lower quality style of Vouvray, where there's still some sugar to give the wines some richness, to give the wines some body, because they hadn't really achieved the maximum ripeness. But now with better vineyard management, there are much more, there are more dry wines being made and of very good quality as well. But the greatest wines of Vouvray are generally considered to be the sweet wines, which will be late harvest rather than botrytis. And they're considered the highest quality because they're, they're going to come from the years where there's a long growing season and where the, the sunshine continues all the way into November. It's that perfect long growing season, getting the grapes fully ripe so you can make them into a sweet wine while retaining their really high acidity and these wines can be aged for decades and Vouvray whatever the style dry demi-sec or sweet it's all about the purity of the fruit so there's no malolactic fermentation there's no oak it's all about the pure expression of Chenin Blanc from this uh, re this cool region and uh, Mont Louis across the river is much much smaller and it doesn't have the same aspect as Vouvray. So Vouvray is on the north side of the river, so therefore the slopes are south-facing, which has that perfect as aspect. Again, that's why you can build all, the, all that sugar up in the perfect years to make a sweet style of wine. For Mont Louis, because it's on the south side of the river, it doesn't have those south-facing slopes. It may not have the same fruitiness and same, the same richness as Vouvray, but it means the acidity can make the wines a bit tighter, which might be interesting if you like more acidic wines. In the next episode, we'll look at the sparkling wines of the Loire, and there's quite a lot of sparkling wine made in Vouvray and Mont Louis under the appellation names from Chenin Blanc. But we'll look at that in the next episode. Further west up from Vouvray is Chinon, and again, this is an appellation we'll look at in more detail in the next episode when we also look at red wines. But there is some white Chinon made, about 5%, and I don't know why, but I've seen a little bit of it here in California. Uh, recently, so maybe it's becoming a bit more fashionable because Loire and Chenin Blanc are fashionable, but White Chinon, the ones I've tried, can be extremely good representations of Chenin Blanc. So again, the White Chinon will be 100% Chenin Blanc. North of um, Vouvray, there's a couple of appellations, uh, Janière and Vendemois, and unlikely to see Vendemois much outside the region, but Janière, um, you may do. And this is also Chenin Blanc, and because it's um, the northernmost part of the Loire, the wines here have really high acidity. And so again, if you if you like wines with racy acidity, then Janier is a good place to go if you can find it. There is some available in the uh, export market, 
and they won't have the same fruitiness or richness of Vouvray, but with, with even higher acidity. So quite tight, taut wines, but also very interesting. So moving west again into Anjou-Saumur, which is named after the two main appellations of the region, Anjou and Saumur. So Anjou itself is 80% Chenin Blanc, so it's still in Chenin Blanc territory. Uh, unusually here, barrel fermentation does occur, so to give the wines a bit more richness and also a bit more nuttiness, a bit more of an oxidative style. These wines um, had a very low reputation up until the 1990s, and it's, Anjou is still recovering from that uh, reputation of being quite flabby, overly oxidised wines. The wines now are much fresher, but they're getting that extra richness from the barrel fermentation. So a different style of Chenin Blanc, and increasingly of good quality. And then in Saumur, which is to the um, southeast of the of the sub-region, uh, where the soils are calcareous, these wines are more neutral, uh, the white wines that is. The sparkling wines are considered to be more interesting and more important. But within Saumur, there is Saumur Champigny, which is uh, by the river. So again, the river, the influence of the Loire is extremely important uh, throughout the region. And Saumur Champigny was 1,300 hectares of plantings, and it's been fashionable since the 1970s. It's got limestone soils, although that can produce the chlorosis in the Chenin Blanc vines. And this produces a, a fruity style of Chenin Blanc. So quite approachable and more immediate than arguably Vouvray or some of the other Chenin appellations in the Loire. Then on the north side of the river is Savanier, which produces some of the, um, the tortoise and tightest white wines imaginable with really high acidity but full body as well. Traditionally these wines were, were to be drunk um, decades after their release, partly by design but also because the wines were quite unapproachable when young, so acidic and tight. But winemaking has made um, Savanier a bit more accessible when young, emphasising um, ripeness and fruitiness and making them more approachable. And Savanier lies on south-facing slopes on the north side of the Loire, so it really is a sun trap. So you can get that full ripeness and alcohol of up to 14% or more. And within Savanier there's a couple of sub-appellations, Coulet de Saron, which is owned by Nicolas Jolie, uh, one of the first biodynamic producers and a strong champion of biodynamics, just seven hectares. And this appellation really um, emphasises the, the nature of Savanier, with slopes just baking in the sunshine when it's um, warm in the Loire, but then the cool nights to preserve that high acidity, so you can have a longer growing season and get that richness. And getting these wines more accessible is partly about canopy management, um, just making sure that the, the fruit is getting all the energy and not, uh, not the leaves, because Chenin Blanc can be, is a grape that, whose vigour needs to be controlled, not as much as Sauvignon Blanc that's still. And then there's also um, La roche au moine where frost can be an issue in the spring, but this is where um, the, the grapes also get the higher level of ripeness and therefore more accessible, a bit more, a bit fruitier to balance the high acidity of Sauvignon. In contrast to Sauvignon, across the other side of the river is Coteau du Léon, which makes solely sweet wine. So Sauvignon is completely dry, Coteau du Léon is sweet, 100 grams per litre of residual sugar or more, getting up to 200 for some of the best wines. And Coteau du Léon is um, influenced not just by the Loire River, but also the Léon, which is a tributary of um, the Loire. Uh, quite a narrow, small river, but it produces the um, 
humid conditions to allow botrytis to, do, to develop. The lesser wines may simply be late harvest, so building up the sugar, but the better wines will have some botrytis as well, and the greatest wines will solely come from botrytis. And there are two sub-appellations within Cote du Leon, Carte de Chaume and Bonazo. So Carte de Chaume is just 30 hectares in size, and this is on an amphitheatre, which is south-facing, so it's, again, it's really getting that sunshine to build up the ripeness. And then in the autumn, there'll be the humidity in the morning coming from the rivers with some fog, which will build up the botrytis while the grapes are still healthy and ripe. And so the Carte de Chaume will come from um, botrytis. There's old vines planted there as well, and the on the schist soils, and the maximum yield for Cardachome is 22 hectolitres per hectare, which is extremely small, but even so, yields very rarely get that high, so really low yields, which is why the wines are expensive, but also high quality. And then Bonazo is bigger in size, 110 hectares, and it's on three different hills. And these, both these appellations are on the right side of the Leon, on steep slopes, so getting a south-facing aspect to get that full ripeness, where it's been influenced both by the Loire and the Leon to get the Botrytis. And finally, to finish, we, we move to the Atlantic France and Pays Nantes where the main appellation is Muscadet, and there's more wine produced here than anywhere else in the Loire, so a very important region in terms of volume. Basic Muscadet is quite simple. It's from the Melon variety, so neutral, high acidity, not especially interesting, and a lot of that will be sold domestically. And this is the one region in France which has a maximum alcohol of 12%, which is pretty low. But the most important in terms of volume, as well as quality, is Muscadet Sèvres et Maine. And this is where Lee's aging is common, and if it will say Sir Lee on the label. So Muscadet is very rarely Sir Lee, but Mus Muscadet Sever in Maine is. And this is um, between the two, two tributaries of the Loire, uh, the River Sever and the River Maine, hence the name on the label. If it's labelled Sir Lee, it has to be six months on the Lees, and there may be a bit of skin contact before fermentation as well, to get some extra flavour and texture from the skins to make the wines more interesting. So Melon, being a neutral variety, winemaking does become important with lees ageing and maybe some skin contact as well. And these wines will have extremely high acidity, and as I mentioned in the previous episode in discussing Melon, there is a trend these days to release these wines a bit later than traditional. So the rules stipulate that wines must be bottled 6 or 12 months after the harvest, but then some producers are holding them back and releasing them when they're 5 years old or more. And it's interesting to taste them because they, have, they retain that really high acidity, but they do have a nice mature, smoky, almost petrol, Riesling-like nose, and then some nutty lees aromas on the palate to, to broaden the wine out. So those wines can be interesting, and releasing them old kind of emphasises the quality of, of the Muscadet region, that it's not just about simple, neutral, youthful wines. There are also a couple of other um, appellations in Muscadet. Muscadet Côte de Grandieu, which is southwest of the region, and also Muscadet Côte de la Loire, which is to the north of the region. But those are regions that you won't see too often. Uh, but Muscadet Côte de Loire is a bit leaner, not as ripe as Sèvres et Maine. Well, Muscadet Côte de Grandieu is on sandy, stony soils, and it's closest to the Atlantic. And so, and but it does get a bit ripe bit riper and richer than some of the other appellations. Um, so you don't see those too often outside of France, but when you, if you do visit Nantes and the Loire, you do see these appellations, and you can go from village to village and try them. 
So those are the white and the sweet wines of the Loire Valley, going from Sauvignon Blanc in the centre all the way to Melon and Muscadet um, in the Atlantic Loire. So changing climates, changing soils, changing grape varieties, and very many different styles of wine, which make the Loire so fascinating and so diverse. Next episode, we'll look at the reds, the rosés, and the sparkling wines of the Loire. Thank you for listening. I'm Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. Thank you.